Japan is on the verge of returning to nuclear power more than four years after the Fukushima meltdown, the world's worst atomic disaster since Chernobyl. The Sendai plant on the southern island of Kyushu is the first to get the green light. Its number one reactor has been refuelled and is due to fire up in a few weeks' time, ending Japan's two-year run without nuclear power after the earthquake and tsunami. This Radio New Zealand Insight program reports from Japan and asks how necessary atomic energy is for the world's third largest economy and how much opposition is there to the restart. This is Shinjuku in central Tokyo. It's a migraine-inducing spectacle of blaring big screens and neon lights. It's also another muggy evening in the middle of summer, and you can bet the aircon inside will be going full pelt. Japan uses a lot of electricity, but its problem is it doesn't make very much, and that's where nuclear energy comes in. Before Fukushima, nuclear accounted for about 30% of Japan's electricity generation. But for the past four years, it's been close to zero, as the country's 54 power plants were gradually shut down in the wake of the meltdown. Now Japan has 43 operable power plants, but no one knows exactly how many will end up back up and running. I'm Kushla Norman, and in this insight I'll be looking at the role of nuclear power in Japan, the harm it can cause... Nuclear accident inflicted huge psychological damage on us. Even if we think we are physically healthy, we are not so mentally. But also the good it can bring. One already said, without nuclear power, I couldn't send my son to the university. Without nuclear power, I couldn't keep food. But first to Fukushima, where the horror unfolded more than four years ago. So this is Itate Village, about 40 kilometres northwest of Fukushima Daiichi power plant. It's significant because the people of Itate were the last to be told to evacuate after the disaster. So the Fukushima Prefecture government estimates their radiation levels are the highest. Before the meltdown, Itate had a population of about 6,000. Now it's around 25. But no one should be living here. The evacuation order is still in place. Most of the houses have an abandoned look, curtains drawn and overgrown gardens. But people are allowed back for visits, to feed their cats and tend to their properties. So let's meet some of the people who still call Itate home. I'm Mueno Kano. I have lived here for 64 years since I was born. Mueno Kano is back at his home in Itate for the weekend. He doesn't live here anymore, but his small farm has become a sort of laboratory for a group of volunteers from Tokyo where they can experiment and observe the impact of the radiation on plants, animals, and produce. The group Resurrect Fukushima is trying to show the 120,000 nuclear refugees that a life is possible in the prefecture again. Fukushima hasn't been the same since March 11, 2011, when a 15-metre tsunami triggered by a magnitude 9 earthquake struck the Daiichi nuclear plant, causing a loss of power and cooling functions for three reactors. Over the next six days, substantial amounts of radioactive material was released into the air. 
It was a once in a thousand years event with decades long consequences. Here we are cultivating using drip irrigation. You see the small hole? It's computer controlled to feed a small amount of solution every day. This is Yoichi Tao, the group's executive director and a retired physicist, who's visited Fukushima about 300 times in the past four years. He's pointing out one of the experiments growing vegetables using pumice from southern Japan and a tiny amount of water. We already ate some last year. None of this is contaminated by radioactivity. There's no soil involved and the water is held in this tank and it's clean water. No contamination. Japan's Environment Ministry is aiming to decontaminate about 25,000 hectares of land across the 11 municipalities it ordered to evacuate following the nuclear crisis. So far, it's cleaned four of those areas, and the evacuation order has been lifted on one and part of another. It's easy to spot what's been decontaminated and what hasn't here in Fukushima. A layer of whitish sand like this here at Mr Cunnell's property means decontamination has taken place. And that's done by government workers who lift off the top 5 to 10 centimetres of soil and replace it with fresh sand. It's an expensive and lengthy process and not everyone's happy about it. Yoichi Tao's group is trying to come up with other decontamination methods. The Environment Ministry won't decontaminate the mountains, only as far down as where you can see the sand. And can you see Mr Kano's pasture? The government won't decontaminate there. Everyone around here used to go to the mountains to cut down trees and make charcoal. But that has been lost since the accident because they can't go to the mountains anymore due to the high radiation levels. The volunteers I'm with are using drones to take photos of the scene before me. Piles and piles of massive black bags containing contaminated waste. Why are you doing this? Ah, why? We want to everyone know the situation of the karaoke bar, how big. No, not that kind of karaoke bar. This is a temporary dump for the one to two tonne bags of soil, sticks and leaves. Eventually, up to 22 million tonnes of material will end up at intermediate storage facilities the government is building close to the crippled Daiichi power plant. The government and local councils have agreed the waste can stay there for 30 years. Nobody knows where its final resting spot will be, though the government has promised it must be outside Fukushima Prefecture. So, just how effective has the decontamination work been? Ministry of Environment statistics show radiation levels have dropped between 56 and 63 percent in residential areas, farms and roads. Although it's difficult to say if this is solely because of the work, because radiation decreases naturally over time. However, as we drive through the black bag-speckled Fukushima countryside, a professor of agriculture at the University of Tokyo and a member of Resurrect Fukushima, Masaru Mizoguchi, tells me the results could have been better with a different method. We're recommending farmers bury the topsoil. If they bury the contaminated soil more than 50 centimetres below the surface and cover that with 50 centimetres of soil, the radiation emitted by the contaminated soil drops to one one-hundredth of what it was previously emitting. If this method had been used from the start, you wouldn't see all those piles of black bags. All that work 
Scraping topsoil into those bags was done with taxpayer money, and there still has not been any decision made as to where those bags should go for storage. It's now four years going into the fifth year since the quake. If we had been able to recommend back then that the contaminated soil be buried, you would probably see the fields planted and productive, like the paddies you see here. I wish we'd done that. The volunteers I'm with here are taking plant samples and testing their radiation levels. They're particularly interested in edible plants. There are at least 10 types of edible plants in this area. Moss. Moss, yes. Collecting moss. But they're also really interested in moss because by chance they actually discovered that moss has about 300 times the radiation level of the other plants that they've tested. A member of Resurrect Fukushima and a chemistry teacher, Akiko Morimoto, says that's because moss doesn't have roots. Referring back to Chernobyl, what was that? Deer. That's right, reindeer. The radiation in reindeer meat was very high, and reindeers eat moss. So we've known for years that moss absorbs radiation. Following Fukushima, some countries banned certain foods from Japan. Even some Japanese have been reluctant to eat Fukushima produce. I asked Professor Mizoguchi just how safe it is. The prefectural government in Fukushima has taken upon itself the responsibility to ensure that all food is safe. Because they are checking, there is scientific data to prove that the food is safe. The Chubu region in the middle of Japan in particular has a lot of mountains, and so the background radiation is tremendous, well, much higher than in Fukushima. That's the reality in Japan, and yet quite a lot of people believe that Fukushima alone is contaminated. So we're at the border with the restricted area of Itate village where uh, no one is allowed to enter and it's barricaded off and guarded. And we're just testing the radiation levels here. It's high, six. That's extremely high. The six volunteer Yasuko Someki is referring to is six microsieverts of radiation exposure per hour. That's 200 times the level in Tokyo and about 10 times the level outside Mr. Kano's house. The International Commission on Radiological Protection recommends people limit their exposure to 1 to 20 millisieverts of radiation annually. In Japan, it's estimated people are exposed to 2.1 millisieverts a year. In New Zealand, it's 2 while in Nordic countries it's higher, up to six and seven, because of the geology there. The Japanese government wants to get the levels in Fukushima down to one, but in some parts of the restricted areas, where no one is even allowed to visit, it's above 20. Rice planting at Kenichi Okubo's place. He and his 91-year-old mother returned to their home in Itate about six months after they were evacuated. They still shouldn't live there, but they do. Even though I was evacuated, I couldn't rest well. That said, even when I came home, I still didn't have a true sense of security. Not all of Mr Okubo's property has been decontaminated, so he keeps tabs on his radiation exposure and goes to the doctor regularly, but has had no complaints. 
However, his neighbour Mr Kano, who rents a house 30 kilometres away from Itate but still visits, says the disaster is starting to take its toll. As time goes by, people are gradually feeling the influence of the accident. I am also experiencing it. This winter, some suffered from high blood sugar levels and asthma-like symptoms. They're awake every hour of the night. The accident is affecting us in various aspects. And the psychological problem is a big issue. And, uh, you know, hmm, so social disruption can change their lives. So the fishermen stopped fishing, and the farmers have to stop making rice, and uh, which made them diabetes or hypertension or chronic disease, which can kill them. That's Dr. Masaharu Tsubokura, a hematologist in Minami Soma, 23 kilometres away from the Fukushima Daiichi nuclear power plant. He screened about 100,000 people in four years and detected no cesium, a radioactive substance and one of the main sources of internal radiation exposure, in 99% of children and 97% of adults. He says well-managed food control stopped radiation exposure from reaching chronic levels. Dr. Spokoda says he's not able to tell if there's been a spike in the incidence of cancer following the disaster because there isn't the data, but he doesn't think the people of Fukushima are at a higher risk of developing the disease. They were exposed to radiation, but uh, the level was not so high. But it is still high. I mean, I've been to Itate, yeah. and I was exposed to 9 microsievert for, what, 24 hours. Ah, OK. Yeah. That is corresponded to one flight to New Zealand. Really? Hmm. One return flight or one one-way flight? One-way flight to New Zealand. I've done that also <laughs> twice in a year. <laughs> so I'm getting uh, some good radiation exposure. Maybe you shouldn't get on the airplane. <laughs> <laughs> I do not want to deny nothing had happened. Of course, many people were exposed to radiation, and you were maybe you were exposed to radiation when you were eating there. But uh, the problem is the level of radiation exposure. Um, if you receive the one chest X-ray, uh, that is 60 microsievert, so seven times higher than than what I was exposed uh, yeah, yeah. to. I'm just interested in your opinion on nuclear power. You've seen what it's caused. This anxiety, contamination, people have had to leave their homes. Are you pro or against it? Personally against But if Japan stops nuclear power, we have to construct the many new system, new system for maintaining the health. You know, many people, the TEPCO, built the nuclear power on the east side of Fukushima and the water power station the western part of Fukushima before Tokyo five, 50 years ago and uh, I met patient from Okuma Futaba and one already said without nuclear power I couldn't I couldn't send my son to the university without nuclear power I couldn't give food to my son, to my sons or daughters. It provided a lot of jobs for people along the coast, yeah, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. And without the nuclear power, many people will lose job 
and the social structure will change dramatically. That will kill many people, too many people. More than radiation would kill? I think so. But I do not want to have this kind of experience anymore. Japan's Pacific coast, where 12 power plants were operating the day the tsunami smashed into it. The size of the tsunami that hit all the plants exceeded design assumptions, but the 15-metre wave that hit Fukushima Daiichi was totally unanticipated. Professor Hiroshi Miyano is a former chief nuclear engineer for reactor builder Toshiba, who now lectures nuclear engineering at Hosei University. He says when Fukushima Daiichi was built in 1940, the possible height of a tsunami was analysed at 3 metres, which is why the plant was built 10 metres above sea level. When the earthquake struck, the nuclear power plant scrambled to stop nuclear reaction, and about one second after the nuclear reaction was halted, power output, or the amount of heat generation, was reduced to about 7%. Then, after several tens of seconds later, it went down to 3%, and it continued to fall. Then, about an hour later, a big tsunami came. The size of the tsunami was unimaginable in Fukushima. The nuclear power plant stands 10 metres above sea level. The tsunami tsunami was about 15 metres high. The electrical system, security system, cooling system, all systems were destroyed by the wave. Mr Miyano also assisted in one of the post-Fukushima investigations. His report puts part of the blame for the accident on the safety myth, a misplaced belief that nothing catastrophic could happen to Japan's nuclear power plants. What was missing was that no measures against accidents were considered, or nothing was considered for the cases where standards were surpassed. The reason being that having a risk is not accepted in Japan. It was not publicly said that there is a risk, so safety was not pursued. Tighter safety standards have been introduced since the disasters, such as seismic strengthening and higher walls. Mr Miyano says nuclear power is a valuable energy source, provided it's managed well. Not just installing equipment, it's necessary to always think about what to do to cope with unexpected events. We're not supporting the private sector to do research on how to enhance safety. Having walls is not enough. It's important to think about what to do if the walls break or if the tsunami goes over the walls. Right now, Tokyo Electric Power Company, or TEPCO, the owner of Fukushima Daiichi, is decommissioning the plant. The recently resigned president of the Japan Atomic Industrial Forum and former executive vice president of TEPCO, Takuya Hattori, says it could take 40 years. First is uh, take out the damage for the core, so-called debris. That was the meltdown mixture. And taking out such kind of the high level, high, very high, highly contaminated, that is uh, the, by robot. Without yes. robot, it's impossible. How and high is that radiation? Radiation is uh, mm, 100 cb, only 10 minutes, 1 minute for that we, we can survive. And put in, in some of the cask and stored somewhere. And these, this process is very difficult. That's now in the preparation. At present time, where such kind of debris is exist, what is the configuration? is no one knows.
getting the first reactors back online in Kyushu, where they were shut down for political reasons rather than any earthquake or tsunami damage, hasn't been easy for the government or the plant's operators, Kyushu Electric. There have been protests like this one attended by 30,000 people in Fukuoka and lawsuits. In the case of the Sendai power plant in Kyushu, the judge refused to grant an injunction sought by locals to stop its restart. But in Fukui Prefecture in western Japan, the court ruled in favour of the residents and halted the restart of two reactors because of safety concerns. Well, this is today's Yomiuri Shimbu and some articles uh, about Sendai nuclear power plants. This is the Citizens Nuclear Information Centre in Tokyo. It's an anti-nuclear hive of scrapbooking and information gathering. How many articles about nuclear energy would be printed a day in the Japanese newspapers? This is one week. That's one week. <laughs> Almost one. Yes. Look at that. <laughs> I mean, how many articles could people say? Could be looking at. Over a hundred articles, right? Oh, maybe, maybe, maybe 200. As well as keeping a close eye on Japan's so-called nuclear village, the notoriously close-knit group of utilities, bureaucrats and industries advocating the energy, the centre also supports locals in their legal battles against starting up the plants again. Its secretary-general, Ban Hideyuki, is hoping Japan can become nuclear-free like New Zealand. He says every operable power plant is being challenged. Power companies, if they lose, they have to resubmit the permission to the government or some supporting equipment to build or to strengthen safety. It's many, a lot of effort needed. And money. And money, also money. So in some cases, they give up to restart the nuclear power plant because of business. And, and you think communities will take on this fight? Communities. Because the, the Communi communities need the money. That they'll have to pay it, mm. pay for lawyers. It's going to be an expensive process for them. Mayor or head of communities, especially located nuclear power plant, are affirmative or welcome restart of nuclear power plant. But residents, majority are against restart. It's dinner time at the KD household in Tokyo. So, Kaldi, how much do you think your power bill has gone up by since the disaster? About 25%. The Japan Atomic Industrial Forum estimates that since Fukushima, power bills have jumped by 20% for households and 30% for businesses. That's because Japan has had to buy about 96% of its electricity from overseas in the absence of nuclear. The recently resigned president of the Japan Atomic Industrial Forum, Takuya Hattori, says it's costing the country and the environment. The total cost to purchase for the fossil fuel from overseas is 3.7 trillion Japanese yen per year, per year. but uh, about 30 billion US dollars. 30 billion US dollars, can you imagine? It's a crazy amount of money. A crazy amount. And also, that is a burning the fossil fuel, that means we emit so much CO2. Mm -hmm. It's about 10% of the total Japan growth. 1.220 
million tons of CO2, additional CO2. That means the nuclear is uh, very cost-effective and also the, from the viewpoint of the global warming, they playing an important role. Mr. Hattori says Japan would struggle without nuclear. We have no energy resources. Japan is a highly industrialized country with so many population and depend too much on the, the fossil fuel that emitting for CO2 and too high cost and too much depend on the renewable. Ideally, maybe possible, but it's uh, uncertain and so we need some of the nuclear for the time being. However, the director of the Japan Renewable Energy Foundation, Mika Obayashi, says the argument that Japan is not energy rich is a myth. She says Japan has plenty of solar, wind and geothermal resources, but the problem is the country's 10 regional utility monopolies, which also own the power plants, control the grid and so can shut out renewable energy suppliers. Ms. Obayashi says although Japan's planning to unbundle, the current situation still creates uncertainty for renewables developers. Those kind of big projects will have difficulties because the utilities doesn't want to buy their electricity from renewables. They try to introduce an unlimited curtailment, so maybe that they will apply the curtailment for such big renewable energy facility. Uh, it, it could be difficult to think or to plan such kind of big project of renewables in future. The Japanese government recently set the target for nuclear generation at 20 to 22 percent by 2030. Ms. Obayashi says for that target to be met, about 20 power plants would have to get their licenses extended beyond their standard 40 years. In Japan, reactors have a maximum shelf life of 60 years. Ms. Obayashi says it's simply uneconomic. After the 40 years, that reactor itself becomes high-level contaminated waste, right? And then we have, to, we have to abandon that reactor. That's really unsustainable and then very uneconomic. And then that for the back end, back end is a kind of a decommissioning and also the waste treatment. Uh, there's a huge amount of money that is not on the current balance sheet, but, but uh, we have to pay for that. So it's uneconomic. But everyone, I mean, nuclear is well known for being a cheap energy. Yeah, That's but it why... was because there are hidden costs. Accident is also that they didn't ex expect such kind of accident that in developed countries and then that we are paying a lot now. But then it is kind on the environment in terms of No, I don't emissions. think so. Because there are 120,000 people still cannot go back to the homeland. Other energy will not give such kind of effect. Bekani Tate and the village song plays out over the buzz of an official government radiation meter. Yoichi Tao explains that its reading is not a true reflection of the radiation levels in Itate because the area around it was decontaminated right at the start. It's no wonder the Japan Atomic Energy Association is not respected. They put a meter at a place like this and then declare there's not a safety hazard. The recently resigned president of the Japan Atomic Industrial Forum, Takuya Hattori, admits a lot of work still needs to be done to rebuild trust in the nuclear community. All the nuclear communities completely lost the confidence for UTT company, the regulatory body, government office, and academia, all. And so how to rebuild was well, that is not so easy, but it's 
The most important is my opinion is openness. The first reactors may have passed their safety tests, but the real test of whether nuclear has a real future in Japan will be in winning back the public's confidence. I'm Kushla Norman, and that's Insight This Week from Japan. If you would like to share your thoughts on this program, you can send an email to insight at radionz.co.nz. Our Twitter handle is rnz underscore insight.